the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome into another 48 minutes. (laughs) If you do away with the commercial breaks and all that. Uh, Woods and Water, South Carolina. Glad you're with us. It's... uh, it's um, starting to get a little, I mean, it's really humid. But, you know, <laughs> if you humid. start looking down the road there, fall ain't that far off. No, it's not. Deer, dove season's only a week out. Get excited. Deer season's only like two weeks out. Of course, you haven't finished your hunter education course yet. I'm, I am still, I confess I'm still in the process. It's taken me a lot longer than I thought it was going to, but... I started it at the very, very wrong time. <laughs> I should have started it way before school started. But and who said that you needed to uh, yeah, get it started did. earlier he in did. the summer? Genius. Just so the yeah, record yeah. is clear here, you are agreeing mm-hmm. that I told you you should have started it I, earlier this year. I am. I didn't think it would take me this long. I mean, okay, when you have 10 units, maybe... Anywhere from 7 to 11 topics in a unit, and then, like, I don't know, 12, 10 or 12 pages in each topic, it takes you a little bit. Hence why I ask you to start it earlier in the summer. And when you have the attention span of a goldfish like I do. Seven seconds. Yeah. Actually, that's the (laughs) the average attention span of a human. Oh. Goldfish have attention spans at... Scientists say of nine seconds. So a goldfish so, attention span is two seconds longer than yours. Never mind. I thought a goldfish was a lot less. No, it's not. It would be funny that you would pick a goldfish. Well, because that's a story that I actually did on here. See, that's what came to my mind. Yeah. I was thinking about you did a story about something. Yeah. Why were you doing a story about goldfish? Because I was saying the attention span of the average human <laughs> is less than your. Average Orange goldfish. goldfish in your fish tank over there who only knows that, if you're going to feed him twice. That flips over on its belly when it's sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like beta fish. No, okay, but let me tell you. Well, wait even, a minute. But no, before, no. Before, before we get, we are gonna, we're starting a, roll, a run of deer season shows here. Now, it's not all we're going to talk about. We got other stuff that's going to come up, and we've already mm-hmm. did them. But we are, today we're going to talk to Brian Grossman. We are. I don't know how long we're going to go with Brian Grossman. Uh, Brian's great, right, uh, has been with QDMA for five years now, writes some articles for him. He, he wrote a great one uh, that we're going to get to, Deer Hunting Fun by Keeping It Real. Expectations. So I don't know how we're going to We'll just have to see. But anyway, it's a good just, just to prep you guys for what's coming this show, we're gonna, and then we'll, whatever else we get to, but Brian Grossman will be here with us. But before you jump on me about not having my hunter ed done yet. Oh, I've already done um, that. For my school, Too late for that. we have a thing called study hall. And for my study hall, we had to turn in a list of things we had to be working on, signed yes. by our parents. Okay. 
<clears throat> my list consists of Spanish too. I don't want anatomy. To hear your list. No, 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 no. This is irrelevant. No, no, no. It is very relevant. Something you would not see on an average to-do list. Hunter's Ed radio show research. Now, let me just say, when my um, teacher for that class went and read it, she was like, radio show? I was like, yeah. She goes, radio show? Yeah, yeah, it's a radio show. That's what I have to work on instead of school. She was like, radio show? Yes, it's a it's a radio show. Can we move on, please? I have things to do, so I am very committed. Thank you very much. Our fat little our fat little buddies out here in the backyard. Fat little buddy, as in fat little buddy, as in the the groundhog. We've been having a, we still haven't named him. We haven't because we we're gonna to. eat him come fall. No, he's too cute. No, we're gonna eat him. He's too cute. Scott Lace at the Sporting Chef posted a picture of a groundhog on top of a fence row. And they're gonna do. They're gonna cook groundhog and dead meat TV. He's too. He's and so I said something about having one, and I said, "Should I take him out?" And he goes, "Put him in the pot." No. So we might have to try groundhog. No, this he's year. family now. <laughs> no, he's not either. He is. His he's mooching. <laughs> he's mooching. <laughs> he's gotten a little he's too squatting. comfortable. He has. He's been right here at the almost at the back door <laughs> today already. He's um, a very curious little fellow. He is. He can run fast for his size. He kind of yeah, it kind of shimmers. Just, <laughs> just kind of funny watching him. His run. rolls, like yeah, just kind of uh, ripples. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you that don't have backyard have wildlife habitat, They're you really like need deprived. to create some. <laughs> yeah, you need to create some. We get we get this possums, bunnies, bunnies raccoons, coons. Yeah, it, it's amazing what you get back here. But anyway, all right. So <laughs> wasted five and a half minutes. That's okay. Uh, anyway, okay. So gonna have Brian Grossman on. Um, if you if you're we we got your boat registration stuff in. We did. Yep. DNR is really weeks. working hard. They are working hard, but they're really backed up. So just bear with them. If you if you got boat titling and registration that you mailed in before they went back to in person, uh, they will get to you. Yep. They, they got to us. We got it in middle of this week, and I think I sent that in June the third. I think is when it was delivered. So June third, July third, August. Yeah, almost almost. 11 weeks or so. So just bear with them. They are in a backlog, but they are getting it done. Yep. Now we can take the old Michigan stickers off and put South Carolina numbers on. Yes. We don't like we're from Michigan anymore. <laughs> we took the Michigan outdoor addiction stuff off back a month or so ago. So, And then she'll be all South Carolina now. And then I'll start working on my Taylor M. Outdoor stickers. There you go. Boy, we got some great. We put Garmin units on it. Yep. We told everybody we had some Garmin units coming. Put those in. Man, did we see some bait fish, oh my balls word, and streams. If y'all, and, if y'all, schools of schools of bass, you could see the bait oh, fish. Oh yeah, because the Garmin was actually reading the bait fish as the, the bottom. Yeah. So you were seeing like You're where fifteen where feet of been, water, and all yeah. of a sudden it went to five feet five because feet the bait or three fish feet or was so yeah. thick at five feet. It's that, crazy. And then you could see the the schools of bass. Underneath them. Underneath them, on top of yep. them. And anywhere there was a school of bass, there was an indentation in the school of bait fish like they were trying to get away from them. Yeah, if y'all follow my outdoor account, Taylor I'm Outdoors, you, I was posting up all of my story. I was like, this is insane. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely yeah, not something catch any of them. Like, no, we weren't. We were unprepared. We were very unprepared. Yes. It was just not our day. It was. They were schooling. We, it was a short trip. It was. And they were schooling, and we just were unprepared. Yep. 
So we'll get them. And they're they're hard. I mean, when when you have look when the the sonar unit is reading the bait fish as the bottom, you have a lot of competition. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> it's like fly fishing on a hatch. Yep. When when it looks like it's snowing with sulfurs. <laughs> You laying one out there, it's like one in a million that that trout's going to rise and take yours. He's going to take everyone around you because there's just something a little funny about the fly that you've got out there on the water. Um, so anyway, yeah. Um, but hunter education course, it's you're learning a lot. I am, yep. And it actually mentions a checklist from DNR out there about um, some things you need to know before you go on your hunt. Um, ensure you have all hunting licenses and tags. Read through this year's regulations. Super important because it changes. Um, determine hunting locations and get landowners permission um, if you hunt on public lands or private lands. Um, inspect tree stand or blind. Clean firearm or tune bow and purchase the right ammo because there is a huge risk that I have learned if you purchase the wrong ammo, so many things can go wrong. Yeah. And ammo's in short supply right now, too. A lot of people are, are buying a lot of ammo. Good sign. Various reasons. Very no, true. not, I wouldn't say for the reasons they're buying it right now is a good thing, but uh, anyway. So, yeah, so good. I'm glad you're learning. I mean, you had you had the basis. You had a lot of the, the safety part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, so what have we done? We've... Uh, we're getting the right tag. I already got my tags, and I need to redo my license. I got to do that because it's 365 now. I keep forgetting that. Um, Ooh, bad. Kind of. Yeah, we haven't read the regulations yet. Um, we're getting. There. Yeah, I got the. We inspected tree stands. That's what I did for the past couple of weeks. So. I got a clean gun. Yeah, I got a clean. I, t- I got my bow out and started shooting. So okay, we're good. All right. Well, y'all hang on. We're going to be back with Brian Grossman, um, QDMA on expectations of deer season. Brian, listen, listen for just a minute now. You got the voice, and you know who this is, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, all right, all right. Hang on, hang on, folks. Hang on, folks. Everybody knows who this is now. Everybody got in your head who this is. All right. We we do this to everybody. We come on, Brian, and then we'll get around to, to a formal introduction here shortly. But, but Taylor, I have a little contest going on. When you hear that, who is that? Is that Hootie and the Blowfish, or is that Darius Rucker? Oh, um, oh! <laughs> I'm gonna go with Hootie and the Blowfish. Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. Dad. All right. Too, All right. Uh, the last two weeks have gone my way. You're catching up to me. Ah, <laughs> uh, thanks for playing along, Brian. It's, it's I don't know. We just started this because, well, before everything went to pot in 2020. There was a big push for Hootie or Darius Rucker to be the face of South Carolina tourism. And so we started playing a Hootie song, and then I started asking everybody, okay, is that Darius Rucker? And it kind of. It turned into a competition. It's yeah, a very it turned into a little competition. competition at that. There you go. So that we have fun with it. Thanks for playing along. You didn't expect that, but you did well with it. No, no, no I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Sorry. You just never know when you come on the show what you're going to get. But anyway. You don't. Um, no, folks, it, there's a, if you're not. 
if you're not a member of Quality Deer Management Association, you need to be. Um, if you don't keep up with them on social media, if you don't read the articles that pop up and everything, you're really missing out because there's some really good ones. Over the years, I have had, I've read numerous articles. I've had numerous authors come on this show, and one of them's uh, come come to be a uh, like a, that once a year family. Brian, I mean, we see each other at Archery Trade Association every year. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I know last year I'd been there for about an hour. Usually we trip over each other four or five times. <laughs> I was like, where in the wide, where in the world, wide world sports is Brian Grossman? <laughs> and like five minutes later, there you are. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we always have a night to find each other. We do, sure. we do, and it's always fun to catch up and see you. And uh, and I love reading your stuff at QDMA.com. Um, but yeah. Brian Grossman, uh, you celebrate an anniversary five years now. Yeah, yeah, made it five years there. Yes. So uh, that's always good. Yeah, I'm that's glad always it kept me around. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, d- briefly tell everybody what you do over there. Okay, well, my title's communications manager, and basically what that entails is um, I do our uh, most of our social media, um, our website content. Uh, don't necessarily write it all, but right. you know I, I get it get it all on the uh, website there and take care of that. And I do write some stuff for the website and and the magazine, and then help Lindsay uh, put together our our bi monthly magazine. And uh, just a, a little bit of uh, everything. I play a lot of tech support these days. It seems <laughs> like with uh, any kind of computer issues and that yeah. kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, just uh, a little bit of everything. But the, the best part is I get to spend every day uh, reading, talking, and, and hearing about white-tailed deer. So that uh, doesn't get much better than that. Doesn't get much better than that, does it, Taylor? <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> Thinking about that nursing career still? Uh, yeah, it, it's kind of fading a little bit. Uh-oh. But. Well, the, the nursing career will probably pay you much, <laughs> much better. But, uh. Uh, but there's there's a quality of life, life issue right. there somewhere. Yep. Um, right. Well, look. Congratulations! I, if I, I don't, I don't stalk you on Facebook because we're friends. But I, I saw where your son got <laughs> engaged. Uh, congratulations! There, it's uh, life is always changing, isn't it? Oh man, it uh, seems like once you have kids, it just goes by way, way too fast. It does sure. it that. It's hard to believe. Yeah. He uh, he was in eighth grade, I think, when we moved here to Georgia, and I can't believe. That we went from eighth grade, you know, thirteen year old Dakota to uh, he's about ready to finish up college and uh, now engaged to be married. Well, congratulations! It's a as, as a parent who's been through it once with the, on the girl side, and you've got that coming for you too. Uh, oh yeah, man! The, the the relief as a parent when your child finds somebody to spend the rest of their life with is just it's, it's immeasurable. I mean, and you know you know it. You just went through it. Yeah, yeah, and we're very fortunate in the person that he found, you know, is, yep. is a, uh, a a great young lady and comes from a great family. And so, yeah, we're we're very happy. Um it was definitely we, we were we were praying for it for a while, so that <laughs> it, uh, it worked out. Now did now does your future daughter-in-law hunt? Is she an outdoors type girl? She is not. No. Not. No. Oh. She has a sister that uh, you know. There's there's five of five girls. Oh five wow! Sisters there, um, and and one of them you know loves to hunt and fish. Yeah. Uh, but but I think the rest of them are, are you know more interested in uh, I guess uh, 
girly thing. <laughs> yeah, there ain't nothing wrong with that. She probably knows how to cook well. That's a good trade-off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I tell you, now does Dakota, I can't remember, was he the... Was he a big hunter too when he was coming through? Is he still is, or it's kind of tailed off a little bit with college? Uh, it's tailed off some, but yeah, he still he still likes to get out there. He's he's always, he's always been the type, you know. He he wants to go, but he wants me to take him out there and say, "All right, this is where you need to sit," <laughs> and uh, the, the deer to come out and him to be able to shoot it and you know go home and call yeah. it a day. Yeah. <laughs> Not so much, you know, the running trail cameras and right. and, yeah. and doing all that stuff. That was always a little more my daughter uh, was more interested in kind of the whole big pictures part that's, of it. But. That's kind of like what we had here. Yeah. Uh, but I'll tell you this. My daughter, my, the one that's married, she goes and moves trees to hens and she goes and hunts with them a little bit. And now she does. It's, uh, it's, it's a, it's, I, was, I was wondering because I wonder if you're going to see the same thing, you know, if she's going to migrate over and, and get in a little bit involved in what he likes to do. So it interesting. Keep keep your eye on that one, see what happens. Yeah. We'll yeah. touch base in a year or so and see what's going <laughs> okay. on. Sounds like a plan. well speaking of change and um you know, we got about five minutes and I know we won't take all this. Um National Deer Alliance and Quality Deer Management have merged. Uh came out of, back a few months ago. Uh, your take. I haven't had anybody else from QDMA or NDA on to talk about it. What's uh What's your take on the merger? Well, I mean, personally, well, yeah, personally, I'm really excited about it. And, of course, as an organization, we're really excited about it. Um, You know, we kind of really, and and I wasn't involved when kind of NDA came came about, the National Deer Alliance. But uh, there's always kind of been the question of why we were separate organizations to begin with. Okay. And, uh, you know, again, I wasn't in on those initial talks and decisions, but, I think it was a good move. Um, it kind of combines uh, some strengths because they they were very focused on advocacy, right? Um, you know, policy at all levels. You know, the national, state, and, and local levels. And, and QDMA, we've always done that as well, but we haven't really had you know a dedicated force behind that. Um, that's a lot of what Kip Adams does, but he he wears a lot of other hats as well. Yeah. So we were able we were able to con, kind of combine those those strengths and and reduce some redundancy there, and also we were in a position you know Brian Murphy had uh, left you know he had retired right and, and uh, we were in need of, of a leader a CEO and Nick Penizzotto was mm-hmm. actually kind of on our short list as it was but he was there with the NDA so it really it just everything kind of fell into place it, it made sense uh, all the way around and. Um, I, you know, I think it's going to be a good thing moving forward. So. Yeah. And I know Taylor, you were um, you were in Kentucky with me when the first NDA meeting, the first oh, National Deer Alliance thing kicked off. I was up there for the NAST National yeah. Tournament. I remember that. And and QDMA was having their convention there in Louisville. And um, yeah, that was super convenient. Yeah, well, <laughs> that was a good time, but a good organization. And you just kind of, yeah, you wonder. You know, going forward, now you got the you've always had the grassroots stuff for QDMA. That's where that's where the you know, the base is, the average deer hunter. And now right. you've got the, the the governmental side of it now too. And I know there's a lot of talk about some of the the money that was allocated for C W D spending has just made headlines here in the last couple of days. So maybe that's maybe this is all coming 
at a time that it's needed. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. And another another thing that really has me excited about it is, you know, we are going through a name change, and uh, I don't even know what the new name is oh, yet. Oh, really? That's still, that's still being worked on. Uh, we're going to retain the QDMA logo because we just really like what that represents, okay. the buck and the doe. Right. Uh, but, yeah, we are going to we are gonna be changing names. And I'm, kind of, I'm glad of that in a, in a sense that there's always been some, I guess, misconceptions or, or negative connotations around, mm-hmm. you know, Quality Deer Management Association. Um, Growing big as, bucks. That's right. People, and we do. I mean, that's sure. part of our part of our thing is is to educate people on how to do that for the folks that want to. Right. Uh, but there's always been that that kind of um, misconception that we're only for large landowners, right. or we're only you know we're about killing trophy deer, which it's yep. never been about trophy trophy deer. Right. Um, it's always been you know managing your deer herd for a quality herd. Uh, you know, getting some of those deer to older age groups so sure. you can hunt mature deer. Sure. Uh, but just having a well-balanced herd. Yeah. And, but, you know, I think this will be a good opportunity with, with the name change, hopefully, to, to eliminate some of those misconceptions. We're, we're an organization for all deer hunters. Right. Uh, you know, we're, we're really the only organization out there fighting for wild deer. Exactly you know, right. Or wild whitetails. Yep. Um Again, you know, advocating at the the national and the state and the local level for for deer and deer hunters and and uh, just conservation in general. And so, yeah, hopefully more folks will kind of see that now and, and get on board with this because it's really it's kind of sad if you look at the percentage of other types of hunters that are involved in an organization. You know, and I, I don't have the numbers here in front of me, but I want to say like. Forty percent of duck hunters, yeah, belong to a duck. That's right. right. Yep, I've seen that. That and it's it's really and, telling statistical. Statistic. Yeah, it's like it's like less than one percent of deer hunters yep. belong to a deer organization, and that's man, that's just a shame. Yeah, it is. Uh, well, we're almost done, but yeah, it's a, a name change. Wow, I, I remember back in '88 when it was started here in Greenville at the old Western Sizzling. We used to go to those first few meetings and. Uh, this this will be funny, and I'm gonna go to break after this. But uh, Grant was doing his um, his stuff down at Clemson, and some of his overheads were hand typed, right? were typed on a typewriter, and there were uneven lines. And we I kid him about it when I talked to him about it. <laughs> I said Grant, you and I are old men now, you know that. <laughs> but uh, well, look, we didn't get to the article, but that's fine. Uh, lots of other stuff to talk to. So let's uh, folks, let's go to break. We're gonna keep Brian over for another segment. And uh, we'll talk more deer hunting and and expectations in the next segment. Y'all hang on. that look for so don't like your music <laughs> i do that's all that matters um my show is still coming up i'm still working on it <laughs> you best work on that i like the hunter education I, thing i am working on it it is not a good thing to start your hunter education when you are just starting your junior year of high school it is not a good mix because you're trying to balance a bunch of things and oh. believe it or not dad yes 
You should have some sympathy for me. I have no sympathy for you. <laughs> Brian, it was funny. We were talking to Brian before the show, and he, he's like, oh, Hunter Ed, i got to get my daughter involved in that. <laughs> I'm glad we could be of help to you, Brian. <laughs> I, I need all the help I can get. Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, I, I tell you, I tell everybody else, just like I told you, that you know, when Taylor turned 16, we, we she turned 16, then we got a boat. And we're out fishing one day, and I just, I really, I, Taylor, you, you got to have a fishing license. <laughs> and so it's, it's those things you, you think you know and you think you think about that just, you know, whew, right over the head. And it's funny because when I was little, I always wanted my hunting license and then my fishing license and to be like official, and I didn't realize how much went into it. And now I'm like, oh. I should have really enjoyed more when I had like the temporary That's thing. That's right. You had the free tags, <laughs> had the free tags, and everything. Oh <laughs> uh, well, y'all, welcome back uh, to another segment of Woods and Water South Carolina. Got Brian Gross from Quality Deer Management Association. Had a good time first segment, and uh, it's like it's it's a connection, Brian. I appreciate you, you know, candor and 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 just the easy going relationship that we have. But I really brought you on to talk about. You wrote an article uh, August twelfth. Um, deer hunting fun by keeping it real. And, and the word that popped out to me in this whole thing is expectations. You know, so many deer hunters these days get caught up and, and their expectations, I, to part of me says their expectations really make them an unhappy deer hunter. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it definitely can. And. Um. And so when I saw this article, I said, well, you know, I can read this article. I can just call Brian. So <laughs> you you read your own article for us. How's that? <laughs> but, yeah, just just take us through the article and, and some of the thought that went into it. Yeah, well, well, as you said, it, it's about setting realistic expectations for your hunting season because, um, like you said, you, I mean, you can really take the fun out of hunting by going in with unrealistic expectations. And it's easy to do these days because uh, all the hunting media out there, <clears throat> I think it's getting better. But okay. for years, it was all, you know, big buck after big buck. And, and you're watching a 30-minute show, and in 30 minutes, you know, this guy's going out there and setting up on a, a food plot or whatever, and here comes a, a four-and-a-half, five-and-a-half-year-old, you know, monster buck out there and he shoots it and it just, for somebody that maybe not, had, that doesn't have that perspective of, of years of experience, it can be really easy to think, oh, well, you know, that's not, that's not that tough. You know, it should be easy. And, and if you set your expectations based on what you're seeing on these shows and, and in the media and even social media, yeah, um, you know, cause you're not seeing guys they're not posting about their unsuccessful hunt, yeah, yeah. and and a lot of guys aren't posting, you know, maybe smaller deer they're shooting. But all you're seeing are these folks that are they're killing big deer, and uh, you, you can start to think, man, everybody's killing big deer, but me. But you me, know, why, yeah. why, am I, why am I not killing these yeah. monster bucks? And yeah. and yeah, I think it can zap the fun out of it. You have to kind of keep focused on the reason you got into hunting to start with. And you know it should it should always you should always be having fun if you're not then there's there's no point in being out there right. in my mind exactly right um, so yeah kind of getting back to the expectations it's I wrote this article just to kind of make people think as they head into deer season are my expectations for this season realistic 
and and is it something that's gonna you know am I, am I gonna have fun or is it am I turning this into a job or or something to where if I don't hit this high mark then the whole season was a waste absolutely and and so it, it's really just thinking about you know one of the things I think you got to keep in mind is your past experience okay and 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 this was this was one I made definitely made early on mistake early <laughs> on. Uh, you know, I, it, for one thing, it took me forever to kill my first deer with a bow. <laughs> and, and then it, it took me a couple more years to kill my first buck with a bow. Right. And then suddenly, after killing this first buck with a bow, which was just a, it wasn't a bad, it was like a, a maybe a two and a half year old seven pointer or a really, a really good yearling seven pointer. Okay. I'm not sure this was back in Kentucky, but, uh, you know, suddenly after I shot that one, I, I was going to hold out for a, a, a Pope and Young, you know, I was going <laughs> to, I wasn't gonna kill anything that wasn't, you know, a trophy deer. After that, well, I found out real quick. Well, not real quick. I should have found out real quick. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, a few years in, I'm like, boy, this was, uh, <laughs> this isn't working. <laughs> you know, it, I'm not killing a buck at all, and it's, you know, taking the fun right out of it. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I eventually kind of adjusted those goals and ended up, I guess, a, a year or two in. Or a couple of years after, you know, killing that first one, I was able to, to kill another one that was better than my first one. I was tickled to death with it. Sure. Uh, it wasn't no Pope and Young. Yeah. Well. But, but, but I was happy and, and that was really what it was all about. And I think another mistake you can make in that same area is you need that experience shooting deer and even shooting some bucks if, if you're, you know, fairly new to the game. If you just, hold out for this trophy buck that when that big deer does walk in you're going to get so rattled oh. because you don't have experience taking shots on these deer mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of guys are just going to fall apart and yep. i've definitely been there as well so i think it's good to you know don't set your goals so high that you're not getting to shoot some deer and getting that experience under your belt so when the time does come you've learned how to find these big deer you're able to make the shot when the moment of truth comes so yeah, I mean, I still get uh, I still get the rapid heartbeat and all that on on oh, yeah. pretty much any deer that comes by me. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, and I and I've hunted my whole I've deer hunted you know probably saw my first deer when I was seven or eight. So you know, it's uh in that feeling I, over time that feeling seems to get clouded over by stuff and ex- expectations, you know. And and but once you get through all of that, man, it, it comes back and it's uh, today. I get, you know, man, I can feel my heart rate going up, blood rising, and everything on just any deer I see from a tree stand. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. One of the, one of the, the 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 factors in here that you state is where you hunt. Take just a minute because I think that you know when you talk about hunting show and everybody shooting big deer and and all that stuff, where you hunt really. It, it, you need to adjust your expectations to where you hunt. Yeah, absolutely. Um, me being in again, I was I'm originally from Kentucky, so known for you know a little bit bigger bucks right. in Kentucky, and and now I'm in Georgia. Uh, I certainly had to adjust my expectations when I made that move. And for guys that maybe grown up in the South or areas like that. And they've watched grown up watching these, these shows that are mostly filmed in the Midwest. It can be easy to, to, to set your expectations unrealistically. Um, not that you can't kill a 170 inch deer in Georgia. 
Right. But man, they're they're a lot fewer and far between, further between than they are in Iowa or Missouri, sure, you know, somewhere out in the Midwest. Um, so yeah, that, I think that's a big part of it is keeping in mind, okay, what's what's a realistic expectation for where I'm at, and it can even boil down to the specific property, not just the state you live in, but even the property where you hunt. Uh, you know, you may not be the best habitat quality, or it may be an area, you know, even within Georgia, there's areas where it's known for bigger deer than, than other areas where you have sandy soils and, uh, you know, lower quality deer, uh, lower quality habitat. Yeah. So, you uh, yeah, you just have to, you have to keep that area in mind where you're hunting and, and base your goals realistically on that. And, and you can, you know, run trail cameras and, and plus base it on what you've seen. If you've hunted these areas for, for several years, you kind of got an idea of what's there. So don't set your goal so high that you're, you're never going to be able to hit that mark or it's going to take years and years to hit that mark. Um, you know, just, uh, keep it, keep it realistic, you know, just, Take what knowledge you can gather from trail cameras, observations, that kind of stuff, and and set realistic goals as you as you head into the season. And end it with what makes you happy. Uh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's what it should. Again, that's what it should be all about. Uh, you may not care anything in the world about shooting a pope and young buck if that first year and a half old four corn that comes in, if that's going to make you happy, and you just want to put meat in the freezer, then man. Shoot it. You know, don't hesitate. Don't, we gotta quit worrying about what everybody else thinks or, or what, you know, the people that on social media that don't care anything about you. Yeah. Uh, what they think about your deer. You know, it's, uh, I know I just try to remember that feeling when I first started hunting and man, I was just tickled to death to see a buck and I certainly wasn't going to let one <laughs> walk by me if I had the chance. That's exactly if I right. I had a chance to fling an arrow <laughs> and I didn't care whether he had three points on his head or ten yeah. points on his head. You know, I was tickled to death and, um, not that you can't, you know, kind of grow and, and those goals change as you get older, but it should never get to the point where you're not having fun out there. I mean, that's, that's why we go. Absolutely. Well, look, do you have a few more minutes to spend with us? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, cool, because I know Taylor's got some questions about you hunting with your daughter. So hang on, folks. We'll be back with Brian Grossman in just a few minutes. The outfield. They weren't just a one-hit wonder either. I still hate. They actually had several hits. <laughs> uh, that rest easy, Brian. No, no, no musical questions there. This segment either. Uh, That's all right. But uh, I, you like the outfield? Oh, see. I'm liking, I'm liking Brian more and more. We need to. We need to. <laughs> He might be one of those family members I want to see more than once a year. Uh, <laughs> uh, we, we, the, all of us in the in the in the outdoor industry, I guess we get trade. I guess the trade show groupies. Uh, we're not. So there you go. Uh, you know, there there's some of the there's some of that trade show family you only want to see once a year. You know, <laughs> it's like yeah, we're still out there. Glad you're still out there. See you next year. And there's others that uh, harsh. What? 
heart. Well, I'm sure there are people out there that think the same thing about you and me. <laughs> not me. Certainly not me. <laughs> Certainly you. Oh, gracious. Here come, they're probably saying, oh, gosh, here comes Roger and his daughter, too. <laughs> and his daughter. I don't even have a name, do That's I? That's right. Not, no, not something. <sighs> Um, Brian, I appreciate you taking so much time with us and, and bleeding over into another segment. Um, I always, always enjoy the father-daughter dynamic in hunting. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of most most times when you hear it, the parent-child, it's father-son. You know, I've hunted with my dad forever, and and it's it's a father-son. There are a lot of father-son activities out there, but I love the father-daughter stuff. And when I get a chance, or when Taylor gets a chance to talk to some people who have the same. <laughs> Interactions that she and I do. She likes to, to ask you questions, so I'm going to turn it over to you, Taylor. Yeah, I've had it. So I was really, really excited to hear that you had a daughter about my age that is now in for the same thing I'm still in for is finishing my hunter ed course. Um, yeah, yeah. I will be praying yeah. for her. She doesn't know. It yet. <laughs> no, she, That's right. Yeah. She doesn't. She's going to have a room. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I was really excited to hear about that because you know, like you, Dad said, we love hearing about the father daughter. Dynamic for hunting because, again, you know, hunting like fishing is more male-dominated. And so it's kind of cool to hear about women in the outdoors. So just this past year, I actually got my own stand. And it was quite an experience, I feel like, for both of us because I've been fit, I've been hunting with you since I was five, four or five, five yeah. in the two-man stand for as long as I can remember. Or off the back deck at the farm. Right. Um, and so it was, it was a change for both of us. I feel like that first hunt was kind of rough. <laughs> but I was going to ask, does she have her own stand, or are you all still hunting together? We're still hunting together at this point. Yeah, she hadn't uh, hadn't graduated to, to hunting out of her own own stand yet. But uh, you know, this this could be uh, this could be the year for that. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm still trying to. See, she may be ready for her own stand, but I'm still enjoying that time to be able to have her there with me when we, when we hunt. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised you were all on that whole idea of... Well, you know, I I don't know about you, Brian, but nobody... I mean, my mom took me deer hunting one time. She, you know, and a deer stand back then was a couple of two-by-sixes nailed to the crotch of an oak tree, and I sat out there, <laughs> yeah. and when she took me, she climbed a tree behind me and sat on a branch. So, you know... I don't know about you, but I grew up hunting by myself. Yeah. And, and so hunting with Taylor and hunting with my girls was great. But in the back of my mind, I was like, you know, at, at 15, I'd been hunting by myself for, I don't know, five, six years now. So it was yeah. just that time. I don't know. Are you, you're, you're still not there, are you? No. No, I'm not. But like I said, it's probably, it's probably getting pretty close. Yeah. it. Uh, I still remember now my... Of course, my son being older, he's right. twenty now. Yeah, uh, I still remember to the first time I took him and set him in his own stand and uh, went over. You know, I went uh, maybe a couple hundred yards away, got yeah. in my own stand, and he actually killed a pretty decent buck. His first sit, his first solo sit. Cool. And uh, so he deemed me the uh, the bad. I was the bad luck. The bad. <laughs> owner. We hadn't had near as much success together as uh we did the first time we parted ways there so yeah uh, but yeah I'm, I'm sure the time is coming here soon where my daughter will 
will be sitting in her own stand, and I'll have to be sitting over there wondering how it's going. <laughs> well, there there is such a thing as texting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh yeah. Yeah, that, that's one of the things when I left my own stand, I was like, man, all those all those traditions we had when we were hunting together, like you look one way, I look the other, they're over. But I was like, no, they're not because he started sending me this text, and I don't know if you've seen the movie The Patriot, but. One of the quotes in there is, aim small, miss small. And he started texting that to me every hunt. And so I'm like, okay, well, new traditions are starting. And what's what's the other text that I sent you most of the time? I don't remember. Oh, come on, Taylor. Don't miss. No. (laughs) Uh, You do that on your own. (laughs) Excuse me. You do that on your own. No, the text about every day, every hunt is a treasure. It's different. Enjoy it in the moment because it'll never be the same. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I have... Uh, learned that over, over time but um so aside from different stands now that i do have my own stand we still do a lot together during the off season yeah. we you know work on stand position we plant together we plan together we had the trees we had trees taken down and thin this year and we are still included in all that do you and your daughter do that i don't know where y'all hunt I don't know what process y'all have, but do y'all work on that together? Yeah, we mainly mainly hunt public land. Now we do have uh, we've had a couple people gracious enough to to let me take her. You know, it's it's a lot easier when you have kids to get that permission oh, to, yeah. to bring them out, <laughs> bring <laughs> oh, yeah. them out and hunt as opposed to asking for yourself. So uh, we have we do have a couple places now that that I can take her on on the private land but not as much opportunity i guess you know to go out and hang stands and stuff but she's still uh and and this has definitely trickled off some as she's gotten more into her teens and and, you know found other interests besides hanging out with dad the deer hunt uh, she'll still get out there with me some and and go uh shed hunting or you know she might go with me to to check the trail trail cameras that kind of stuff um, you know, which I'm very gracious for that, that she still wants to hang out with dad every once in a while for that kind of, that part of it aside from just the hunting. So not, not as much interest as she, she did have there for a while. You know, like I said, once she got more into her teens, sure. but, uh, she, she still gets out there with me and I'm glad for oh, yeah. every opportunity I do have. And, uh, you know, hopefully as, as she gets a little older, it'll, um, it, it, that'll come back, you know, a little more. It will. Hanging out and, and getting to do that kind of stuff. But it will. Cause a lot of stuff with school and everything now, which I know, obviously, Taylor, you're well aware of <laughs> what all goes into <laughs> being a, a teenage, uh, teenager in school and, and all that goes with it and, yeah. and working. She just got her first job. So oh, wow. she's staying, staying busy. Well, it, 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 trust me, you plant the seed and it's while they're, while you're in control of where they go and what they do, it's easy. Uh, you're right. It does get a little different when they you know, get involved socially in school and stuff like that. But it, it, it'll always be there. Trust me. It'll always yeah. be there. And you'll always have those times, the memories. And then when you get together and do it again, because with Jordan, when she turned 16, she started more into the coffee and books and fires <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah. <laughs> she goes away to school. She goes away to college. She comes home and thanks him. She goes, Daddy, can we go deer hunt together? So there you go. That that that, that that's, was shocking for all of us. <laughs> that's where it is, and and you're doing you're you got it down, Brian. No problem at all. Well, uh, and we always chewed up another one. Um, <laughs> great stuff. Uh, 
Thanks for being here. Look, do you, do you, are you still doing your podcast? I am. Yeah, we uh, kind of took a little break there when the deer season rolled in last year. Well, I guess kind of at the end of deer season last year. Took a little break between deer and turkey season. Right. Uh, but I brought brought on a co-host with me, okay. uh, Robert Nelson, and we kicked things, kind of kicked things back off first of July, and we've been uh, putting them out weekly since, and that's kind of the plan is to continue, you know, dropping them every Wednesday. Okay. Um, yeah, so it, we, we've been enjoying it. And if somebody wants to um, follow along, where do they find you? And what's the name of the podcast? It, it's the Georgia Field Hunting Podcast. Okay. And they can just go to georgiafield.com All right. and uh, find find it there and, or on any of the popular, you know, podcast sure. platforms. So. Now, you do a lot of your public land hunting in Georgia and all. It, does your podcast kind of follow the public land thing, or is it kind of all-inclusive? It's all inclusive to okay. some extent. Now we do, you know, a lot of it is on public land because we're both public land hunters, and, okay. and that, you know, that seems to be a, a big, a big draw now. Uh, but but we do a little bit of everything. We've had you know guys on there talking about, you know, tuning your bow, or we've had a guy on there about buying a hunting property. Uh, we've had a biologist on there talking about you know managing your property and, okay. and planting food plots and that kind of stuff. So it's kind of all across the board. We just it does kind of of course focus on Georgia and, or southern at least the southern type of hunting and habitat. But uh, we we kind of tailor it to to everybody. Well, cool. Well, look, folks, if you're not a member of QDMA, um, get ready. As Brian's told us, there's some changes coming to the name. Um, but if you're a deer hunter. It, it it doesn't hurt you to get involved with an organization. It can only no. help you. That's right. And uh, and the more our numbers are accounted for, now that we're having, now that we're going to have the the governmental side of things, that's where the pull comes from. You know, you got the numbers to back it up, and you've got a, a an arm to to insert yourself into national politics and stuff like that. That's where the power really is. And I'd encourage you to to join. Um, Go follow him on Facebook. Read one of Brian's articles from time to time. I still, I, Brian, every year I go back and do the the five ways to ruin a good hunting picture. Uh, that's just a that's just a staple on the show, and I really appreciate what you do down there. And um, uh, we'll, we'll catch up sooner or later, won't we? We will. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, hopefully we'll get through all this Corona mess. Oh maybe. gosh, <laughs> get back to a, a a meeting somewhere. That's exactly right. Well, look. I really appreciate you taking time to be on the show today. We've chewed up three segments, and I don't think a minute of it has been wasted time. No, definitely not. And um, look forward to when we have you back on the show again soon. All right. Well, I appreciate it, Rod. All right. Thank take you. care of yourself, Brian. Thanks. Yep. Thanks. Yep. Well, folks, there you go. We uh whole show, and a good one, too. It was. If you're it's a deer hunter, you need, to, you need to to get involved and... and um, and and stay with us because we're going to be covering a lot of deer hunting on the show the rest of this year. Super excited about the season. That's right. Well, look, as we always end the show, y'all make time to get out there. Don't forget. Come on, Taylor, hurry up. Hey, you keep throwing it at me. I, you do it. Take the back roads when you can. Don't forget the camera. Don't forget the camera. Y'all Here. Get more Woods and Water South uh, next Saturday. <laughs>